Hey everyone, welcome back to the Darkness Inside podcast. Today I am bringing you episode 19. Just let me take a moment to say how thankful I am for um, those that take the time out of their day to listen to my podcast. I am grateful for all of you. I love doing this and bringing you these cases that I talk about. Some of these cases do need more like attention because some cases don't get as much publicity as other cases. Um, so thank you for that. So let's get started with today's episode. I'm going to be talking about the case. Um, this is actually an unsolved case about three-year-old Jared Adadero who went missing on October 2nd, 1999 on the Big South Trail. This case is shrouded in mystery. It has more questions than answers. Like I said with the um, Relisha Rudd case, um, it always breaks my heart when cases have to do with children because you know children are vulnerable. Um, they, They depend on someone to take care of them. And sometimes that's just not the case. Um, so Jared Adadero lived with his father, Alan, and six-year-old sister, Jocelyn. They lived in the Poudre River Resort that Alan and his twin brother, Arlen, owned. They lived, in an, um, they lived in an apartment that was on top of the convenience store that they also owned. So Alan loved living here. He talks about the trees and just the nature and how beautiful everything was. The thing he enjoyed the most was that he got to spend all his time with his children. At the time, Alan was divorced from the mother of his children. So like I say, like I said, um, Alan owned this resort and he usually rented it, um, rented this resort to larger groups so they could hold events and stuff like that. In the fall of 1999, a Christian singles group came over to stay at the resort. It is believed that Alan belonged to this group, but I'm not really sure about those claims. Um, So this group was based in Denver, and they often stayed at the resort and had events there. So this group and the Adadero family were pretty familiar with each other. The group was helping Alan prepare the resort for the winter, and in exchange, um, he gave them free lodging. The morning, the morning of October 2nd, a group of 11 people from the singles group um, was going to go for a walk. In the beginning, the group had told Alan that they were going to go to the nearby trout farm that was only um, a mile or two from the resort, so it wasn't even that far away. They were also going to be taking with them six-year-old Jocelyn, and Alan approved of her going with the group, but Jared being, you know... A three-year-old wanting to do everything his older sister did begged his dad to let him go. Alan, of course, was very reluctant in letting his three-year-old go if he himself wasn't going to be there. The singles group told Alan that it was okay, that they would um, that they would take care of Jared and keep an eye on him. Alan knew mostly everyone from the group, so he didn't worry about letting his son go. He helped Jared put his shoes on, and Jared hated tying his shoes, so Alan recalls not tying his son's shoes. He recalls Jared wearing a beige jacket also. Alan thought that they were just going to go to the nearby um, trout farm and that they would be back. He didn't think that that would be the last time he ever saw his son. So for some reason, 
So for some reason, the group decided to not go to the trout farm. Instead, they wanted something more challenging, so they decided to go to the Poudre Canyon's Big South Trail, which was 15 miles away from the resort. That's about a 20-minute drive. And they didn't tell Alan that they were going there instead. So let's talk about this trail for a minute. Um, The trail is described as moderate. This trail wasn't just straight. Um, It had ups and downs. It had ledges and loose rock that led straight down to the river or or the creek. Um, It had bears and all sorts of wildlife. You could take a kid, but for sure you would have to hold their hand and not let them just wander around by themselves. So this is about a 13 mile hike and it crosses into Rocky Mountain National Park. So this trail is just massive. Like there's forests, trees, wildlife, animals. It's just, it's something different. This, so this group of 11 adults and a six-year-old and a three-year-old, um, during this walk, the group ended up splitting into two groups, the slow group and the fast group. Jocelyn and Jared, of course, were with the slow group, but somehow, Jared being a three-year-old, and he was probably excited to see everything that was around him. And he just probably had all this energy that he ended up getting ahead of the slow group, went into the fast group, and then ended up passing the fast group as well. But Jared was not walking alone. Along the trail, two fishermen were also walking. And the fishermen recalled Jared being very friendly. He was asking them about the fishing gear they had with them, um, what they were going to do. He asked them if um, he would be able to see bears in the forest. Um, So then it is believed that Jared and the two fishermen came into this fork in the road that was known as Campsite 2. The fishermen had to go one way to get to where they were going, and then Jared, I believe, was headed on the other side. He was going to go to the... Um, So, for some reason, I don't know about you guys, but I don't know how you guys would take this, but I honestly would not let leave a three-year-old alone. But these fishermen decided to leave Jared there. Um... Because because they could physically see the singles group just a couple of feet away from where they were. So they believed that eventually the group would catch up to Jared. Um, So this is where it gets muddy, you know. It's kind of unbelievable. First off, that the fishermen would leave a three-year-old unattended. Um, And then also the singles group for not holding Jared's hand or letting him walk and talk to two strange men that they didn't know when that wasn't part of the group. So then the two fishermen were the last ones to see or talk to Jared. When the group finally realizes that Jared is missing, they start to look for him. It is said that they looked for Jared for over an hour. Meanwhile, two people from the group go back to the resort to tell Alan. The two people go into Alan's apartment and tell him that something happened to to Jared. 
but he thought that his son had, you know, just broken an arm or twisted his ankle. Then they tell him something that's a little confusing. This part confuses a lot of people that research this um, case because they tell Alan that Jared is okay, but that they just can't find him. In an interview, Alan says that at that moment, he was like, how can you tell me he's okay, but clearly, you know, he's not if they can't find him. At first, he thought he was going to where the singles group had told him they were going, but that's when they tell him that no, they, that they didn't go just two miles away from the resort, that they ended up going 15 miles away from the resort. Um, so he's driving the whole way there, you know, just um, in terror. He keeps asking them like how they ended up so far away. So when he got to the trail, he just ran. He says he ran for almost a mile and called Jared's name because he believed that by calling his son's name that Jared would just come out of wherever he was hiding from. But he saw how big and complex that trail was. And so at first he had told his resort manager not to call the police, but good thing the resort manager um, had already called the cops. So the cops are called and, you know, the search team starts um, being assembled. The sheriff actually says that everyone um, was very optimistic that they would find him before midnight. Sadly, that was just not the case. Jocelyn, his six-year-old daughter, was safe. So now Alan um, could focus on finding out what had, you know, actually happened to his son and why no one was watching him. Like, out of 11 adults, nobody was Nobody was taking care of him, basically. The sketchy part to me is that in the beginning, no one ever mentioned to Jared that he had been walking with some fishermen. I have no idea why, but Alan and his family found this out through the radio. That's where they heard it first. So from the beginning of this investigation, um, the family just kept getting bits and pieces of what had happened. Um, the search groups and cops decided to search a seven mile radius just because um, he was a child and didn't think he would get very far, but they just couldn't find him anywhere. When that didn't happen, they thought that maybe he had fallen asleep, you know, because he was exhausted. So they, so they thought that in the morning he would wake up and that they would find him, but that also didn't happen. So they just kept expanding, you know, the search, but it would be places that a three-year-old couldn't get into. The resort was the command center for the search, but this is when tension started with the police. The police completely blocked off the trail, even to Jared's family. The police did not want Alan or his family to search for Jared. They had even threatened the Adadero family to arrest them if they didn't stop being a nuisance. When the search wasn't going as planned, or they had already searched everywhere humanly possible, they sent a helicopter to go get a better look, but that helicopter mysteriously ended up crashing. Even though no one died, it was just very weird still. Um, so it was just kind of a chaotic search, the lack of communication with the family, and then this helicopter crash. Um, so then this is when things get even more weird um so there was actually this man in the area and he was a trained tracker he was about to be sent to afghanistan to track down bombs 
So, you know, he had been specially trained by the military to track things down. So he was in the area and then he had heard about Jared. So he wanted to do it, you know. So he ends up walking into the resort that Alan owns just because it was the closest place with food and with a bed. Um, and he was very tired. So without knowing that he is actually talking to Jared's father, he starts telling him that he's trying to find this boy um, that had been missing and that he was tired because um, he had been searching basically for Jared. When Alan told him that he was Jared's father, this man wanted to talk to him ASAP. And when they sat down to talk, the guy ended up drawing a map with an X and he believed 100% that that's where Jared was. This man, he actually tried going to the police himself, but he basically got brushed off um, by them and they didn't accept the help that he was offering. So, so he thought that if Alan went to the police himself, that they would, uh, you know, uh, take up on the offer, but he still got denied. This was like another tension moment because why wouldn't they want the help of this guy who is a professional? Actually, multiple agencies offered Alan to come out to Colorado and help with the search, like the National Guard. But the protocol was that the authorities in charge of the search had to invite them. So when Alan went to go tell the authorities about this, they came out with the excuse that they didn't have money to pay for this. So, of course, Alan calls the National Guard back and tells them, you know, oh, the police department doesn't have enough money to pay you guys. And this is when the National Guard was thrown off because they actually sent volunteers to help with these searches. So no payment was required. These are all just some of the things that the authorities did that were very um, sketchy, in my opinion. They denied all help that was being given to them and they didn't comply um, and they threatened those people with arrest. Another thing that the authorities um, did that was just, I don't know what to call, it was it's just very weird. It was that they were using a pair of Allen shorts to trace Jared's scent. This is beyond me because Allen clearly is a full grown man. And how didn't they notice that they were using men's shorts, not the shorts of a three-year-old? It would be until Alan noticed that they were using his shorts to trace Jared's scent. After eight days of searching, the police suspended the search because they just didn't find any leads or um, anything that would lead them to Jared. So it wouldn't be until four years later that under very weird circumstances, partial remains of Jared would be found. I say partial because the only remains found were a part of his skull and a tooth. Two hikers, um, Rob and Gary, they were hiking up this really rough hike. They say it was about a 2,000 um, foot hike up the ridge. They decided to go off the trail. And this is when they found um, at about 500 feet from where Jared was last seen, they saw his clothes and shoes. What they recall the most was um, how pristine the shoes looked. They say that they felt like if someone had just taken them off right then and just put them, um, you know, just put them up there for them to see. 
They also found a brownish um, jacket and blue sweatpants that were inside out. The two hikers, they went to the authorities and the police sent photos to Allen so that they could confirm if those were Jared's clothes. The search would start again for remains or anything else that they could find. Jared's partial skull and tooth were found in an even higher elevation than his clothes. Searchers were very baffled by this um, because they had searched that area and even the search dogs had alerted to that area, but they didn't find anything at the moment of the search. The one mystery is that there's no way Jared could have climbed um, all that by himself. He was three years old and this hike was even hard for experienced hikers. It would have for sure been tough for a three-year-old boy to do this. Authorities are certain that Jared was attacked or taken by a mountain lion, but Alan doesn't believe this. Jared's clothes were tested and no mountain lion um, hairs were ever found, no DNA, no blood. Alan even consulted with mountain lion experts and they told him that mountain lions usually go for the stomach, but but Jared's jacket was not torn or it, it didn't even have blood on it. So how is that possible? The shoes are the real mystery here because the shoes, they, you know, they didn't look like they had been in the wilderness for almost four years. They had no scuff marks, no nothing. Theories of what happened to Jared range from a predator killing, um, killing him to even more stranger conspiracies. There was a park ranger that actually came forward and told police that he saw a little boy walking with a man, with a man and that the little boy kept trying to pull away from him. The ranger didn't really think um, this was weird because he thought it was just a three-year-old, you know, throwing a fit and that the guy he was with was his dad or something like that. It wasn't until he saw Jared's face on the news that he came forward, but the police didn't look into this. To this day, no one really knows what happened to, to Jared. He would have been around 25 years old. In my opinion, I feel like the police knows more about this case. The whole process, um, they just acted really sketchy. It's really sad what happened to this family. You know, this dad trusted 11 adults to watch his son. And I honestly don't like blaming people, but they weren't really taking care of Jared, in my opinion. Alan still keeps his son's skull in a box. He says many people think it would be weird, but it's literally the only thing that he has left from his son. Um, So tell me what you guys think about this. This is all I have for you guys today. There is a lot of documentaries out there about this case. um, About different things that could have happened to Jared. And just interviews with Alan if you guys want to search more for this. Um, Let me know what you think. What your theories are. You know, follow me on Instagram. Um, The podcast does have its own page. So, you know, just... DM me telling me what you think about the case. So that's all I have for you guys today. Thank you for listening to me. I know I say this a lot, but honestly, thank you. See you in the next episode. Stay safe and remember, beware of the darkness inside.